Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week, we are joined by the myth, the man, the legendary Kevin Austin. Kevin, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, sir. Happy to be back. And of course, Kevin is a leading, founding member of the Place in Video Games podcast, a podcast that you've probably heard of before on this program. Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about that project? Uh, well, it's your one-stop shop, if you will, for all things gaming-related. Uh, we obviously have our weekly podcast, the PSVG podcast, which you're a regular on, of course. Uh, and then we have the website where we post articles and reviews, which we've been quite busy with, yourself included, in a bunch of reviews the last couple of weeks. So things are picking up and chugging along. Yeah. And what is it that motivates you each week to get on and lead the discussion? Uh, I believe it's indentured servitude is the term. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So yeah. same thing. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, this is Kevin and Kevin, since is this your podcast that's entertaining? They debut or have you been on before? I can't remember. I think you have been once. Uh, it's been once or twice, actually. I know I did days of future past and possibly another one too. That's right. So, you are returning to the program, but it's been a while. It's been a while. Yes. Been a so, while. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you have been entertained by recently? Good sir. Oh, geez. Let's see. Um, well, on the gaming front, uh, I did complete uh, just episode one of the Batman Telltale series. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, the graphics seem to be updated a bit. Uh, looks like they finally nailed down the engine a little bit better. It doesn't chug along like it used to. Um, uh, not to, I'm going to stay completely spoiler-free because I know you're looking forward to playing that as well. Yes, sir. Um, this, this, the story of Batman is turned on its ear quite a bit in this. So it, being a fan of the comics and the movies and everything else Batman-related, it's a very different approach. It's not bad. It just It's different. So I'm looking forward to see where that's uh, going to continue. Uh, episode 2 is out. I just haven't had time to, to play it yet. Uh, and then the other one I played uh, is uh, Virginia, which I wrapped up and the full review actually posted on uh, Play Some Video Games uh, today as we're recording, not when this is released. So check that out. That's that's a pretty cool game. So I'm, I'm still divided on it. Um, gave it an 82 rating, so I'll stay spoiler free, but it's very uh, film noir-esque and it's cut very much like a movie itself. So you might appreciate it. Um, a lot of like You'll be walking down a hallway heading towards an office and then just instantly cuts to a stairwell scene. But it's all done to like a, a live orchestra had recorded the entire soundtrack. So it's very cinematic in its feeling. But there's a lot of hidden symbolism and stuff in there, too. So it's definitely not a game you can sit and just veg out on. You need to pay attention to what's going on um, because there's no words either. So everything's done with the music and the body language of the characters for you to kind of decipher the tale and figure it out. Hmm. Um, that, that's been it on gaming, uh, on television front. Um, I know you mentioned this last week with Seth, the, uh, agents of shield. I did catch that. And much like you, I, I liked the, uh, the take on ghost rider. So I, I'm looking forward to see where that goes in the season because, uh, last season was hit or miss for me. So I think it started off well and then it just kind of got a little crazy towards the end and it lost me a little bit, but, mm -hmm. uh, 
Ghost Rider seems like that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, other than that, just looking forward to some of my other shows coming back. The uh, the CW verse, if you will, with Flash and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl all kind of hitting at the same time. So the DCW. The DCW, that's what it's become, man. It's it's all DC. Uh, I Zombie as well. So it's it's all that kind of stuff. Is uh, I find myself, and it's odd to say that probably the most amount of shows I watch are now on CW, which is which is kind of weird, but I'm, I'm liking it. So probably true with me as well. I mean, uh, the CW shows, the shows that I usually tend to watch are all the superhero shows, right? Because yeah, yeah. that's just kind of the genre that I prefer to take in because I've had it up to here which my hand is up 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 my head ladies and gentlemen I've had it up to here <laughs> with all these procedural crime dramas honestly and it's just like I don't want to watch these anymore so uh maybe later on I'll go back and want to watch something but for now I really enjoy having all the superhero type content I haven't watched uh, Supergirl yet. I need to go back and watch the first season. It's on Netflix now, so I need to go do that. Yeah, definitely. It, it's And a lot of people knocked Supergirl for saying it was, you know, it's a girly superhero show, which fair warning, it kind of is. Like, it does have those same themes. Like, my wife and my daughters actually really enjoy it. I still like it too, but for different reasons. So this isn't really a spoiler because it's kind of been out there, but one of the coolest things I think they did with that show was they have Martian Manhunter on it. And He's a regular character in the show, and that's just pretty awesome because you'd never think to see – I'm going to see Martian Manhunter on a weekly TV show because that, that's an odd pull with uh, DC kind of ignoring him in the TV and movie universe and going for Cyborg instead. Mm-hmm. It's it's done very well, and it's kind of cool. So it's definitely not one to sleep on, and I'm interested to see they're probably going to change the direction of the show a little bit now that it's on CW. It'll have, you know, hopefully this similar feel to what the flash does because it is a lighthearted show as well. Like flash can be. Um, so I'll look forward to see what that, and the big crossover episode, apparently this year is supposed to carry between all of the shows. So really kind of jazzed to see what they do with that. Plus, I mean, Hey, they're doing a musical episode this year too on Supergirl. So <laughs> it, well, it's going to cross over with the flash and both of them started off in glee. So it makes sense, but I'll be interested to see how that works into the storyline. Yeah. Be like the Buffy singing episode, right? Yes, yep. <laughs> no, that's funny. I I the only one I'm not super jazzed for I mean, both so Arrow I'm not really that jazzed for anymore. Like mm-hmm. the the last season just kinda was blah and yeah. ended on a, a note that doesn't really draw me in for the next season. Legends of Tomorrow was like up and down as peaks and valleys the entire yeah, time. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. And I'm not super excited for that either. However, the way they ended it, I'm I am jazzed for it. So looking yep. forward to that one. But Flash definitely looking forward to. And now I want to go back and watch the Supergirl season one before I hit into season two. And then I can put that in my rotation and watch, you know, Flash, Supergirl, all those things kind of together because they'll but like you said, they'll have those crossover episodes, and yep. you want to make sure you're current for those. And then, of course, Gotham's back on, and yep. uh, that's back and interesting. They've—I don't know—it's—it's it's an interesting take on the Batman universe, mm-hmm. definitely. And they're doing the Court of Owls this year, which is a, a new oh, storyline. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I—I'm looking forward to see what they do with it, but. I don't have high hopes for Gotham. I don't know why. It's just it's one of those ones that's there, and it's you know what it is, and it's kind of consistent in what it delivers. But it's not like The Flash or something where I'm jonesing to watch it. Like I can let a few days pass before I watch Gotham. Whereas 
with The Flash, I either want to watch it as it airs or the next day on Hulu or whatever, which this year I don't think they're partnered with Hulu. I think this year they launched their own Watch CW app or something yep. like that. Yeah, they did. And so if you're a Hulu user, you don't need Hulu for these shows anymore. You just have to go on, you know, and check out the Watch CW app. They'll have, I think, the up to five of the current ones in there I believe so you can so, go yeah. watch it. Yeah. There's probably ads that run in there, which kind of stinks because I have the Hulu that doesn't have ads. Nah. So I think I might be dropping that back to just the regular Hulu at this point because that's mostly what I watch. <laughs> right. Uh, either that or like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which has like just a couple commercials on it that are small anyway. But anyway, I'm looking forward to to seeing some of those shows come back. And we talked a little bit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last week, but mm-hmm. you know it comes out. By the time you're listening to this, ladies and gentlemen, a little show on Netflix called Luke Cage will be available oh, yeah. for you to watch. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> um, I want to watch that really bad, and I'm going to be out of town when it comes out. So peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. We're recording this at a different time of day in a different way earlier in the week. So we're not able to really talk about this week of stuff as much, but I'm super jazzed about Luke Cage. And you can look yeah. forward to an upcoming episode where me and some crazy person discuss Luke Cage. Because I plan on, I don't know if I want to binge it like all in like a day or two, but you know, within a week I'm going to have consumed Luke Cage because I don't like spoilers. Uh, yeah. I'm able to avoid, you know, with Daredevil Season 2. I was most of the way through it by the time, like, I saw an inadvertent tweet from, like, Kevin Smith or something like that. And I was like, oh, come on, man. I just saw that episode. <laughs> but come on. There's people that didn't get that far. So looking forward to seeing Luke Cage because the Marvel stuff on Netflix has been consistently good. Oh, yeah. uh, good if not great. And, I mean, I had my, my, my dissensions with Jessica Jones a little bit. But it, it was a good story. It was just different, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Luke Cage, I'm looking to see how they take this. And I want to I wanna – I want to go in and enjoy that for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm there with you. It's I I did like Jessica Jones for the reasons that you kind of had reservations on it that it was different. That's that's what I liked about it. It seems that what Netflix is trying to do is give each character and their show its own unique feel. Like Luke Cage, yes, it's going to be action packed from what we can tell, similar to Daredevil, but it still is going to from what we can see feel like it's going to be much different than Daredevil and obviously different than Jessica Jones, which was more of a thriller than anything else. So It's a thriller. <laughs> So it's a musical episode of That's Entertaining. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of cool, and I'm looking forward to see what they do down the line with Luke Cage and then Iron Fist coming up eventually, as we all know, and then they'll all uh, unite to form the Defenders. So it'll be cool, mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens and how they take on him. But, yeah, I'm excited for Luke Cage as well. I probably won't tear through it uh, quickly either and just kind of hope I can avoid the spoilers just for the sake of time. Mm-hmm. I do have to catch up on Season 2 of Gotham because I didn't see it because – uh, Fox and their on-demand system is a little wacky, and I would have missed like the first two episodes of the season, so I just held off. But it's on Netflix now, so I'm gonna watch that too. So mm-hmm. catch up on that. But I'm with you. The the villains are really the highlight of that show. So I don't know how it's gonna end. Obviously, they can't keep it going until Bruce becomes Batman because this kid's aging. You know, he's at the age where every year when they do a new season, he's gonna look substantially older. So at some point, it's gonna catch up on him. But I do like the take in that they focus primarily on on the villains and you know uh, Jim Gordon, of course, too. But uh, same thing as you, I have reservations of how long the show is gonna go on for simply because I don't know what the end point is going to be. And Court of Owls, that's it's a new story. It's a great story, one of my favorites, but. It's odd, so I don't know how they're going to trans- transition that to television, but we shall see. Mm-hmm. 
Other things I've been entertained by, which I haven't had a chance to watch this yet, by the way, but I I know it aired. Uh, Star Wars Rebels came back with their their new season and the episode featuring Grand Admiral Thrawn. So I'm looking forward to checking that out soon. However, I did watch a new show on Hulu because it was there and it looked interesting. Uh, Designated Survivor. Oh, which, yeah, I watched that too. What did you think of that? I thought it was an interesting premise and start to the show, but I'm wondering where it's going to go. I, I liked it, and my, me and my wife watched it together. And, and the best way I could describe it is if you took kind of the action and drama of 24 and mixed it kind of with the West Wing. And that's kind of what Designated Survivor is. But with you, I like it. I like Keith or Sutherland. I think he's great, especially in these types of roles. I think it's very fitting. However, I'm not convinced by the supporting cast, his the people he surrounds himself with, um, other than um, – what's his name? Cal Penn. Oh, yeah, the guy. The I think guy. that's his name. Yeah, exactly. Other than him, I wasn't crazy about really any of the supporting cast. I mean, you have your stereotypical military guy who's just angry all the time and wants to take over. And it, so it's, it was kind of stereotypical there. But the surrounding cast seems to be a lot weaker than Keither and Cal, I think, for me at least. So I, I'm definitely going to keep watching it. It's, it's something I'm going to continue throughout the season. But, yeah, I don't know how long. I don't know how many seasons of the show you can do. I mean, I, I would think at the most you can do four, which would be one term, but we don't even know how long this president's been in office. So are they going to have like a re-election season where he tries to run as president then? I, who knows? But I liked it. It's a bit different than what we're seeing on television right now. And much like you, I'm trying to get away from the crime dramas every you know week where it's the same thing week after week. And this was a, a happy substitute, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I do say, like, I, I don't like the procedural police dramas like that, but... Um, I do make an exception, which is this isn't a drama, but Brooklyn Nine Nine definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not quite the same. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my things that I like to watch too. So, it's uh, it's cool to have these new shows coming back. You know, the fall season is upon us. The weather is turning. The leaves are turning. The wind is blowing. Snow is around the corner. Winter is cooming. But it is not the reason why you're here, ladies and gentlemen. The reason that you are here, except for a few of you, which probably are going to tune out right now is for Sherlock. So, ladies and gentlemen, join Kevin and I as we go to our entertaining thoughts. Sherlock, The Empty Hearse, Season 3, Episode 1. This is the return of Sherlock. However, we also had a little bit of a, a tease episode that was posted on YouTube. And it was called Many Happy Returns. And that featured Lestrade kind of going around talking to people. It had uh, with the, the CSI guy that was in there as yeah. well as Watson was in there for a bit. Um, let's talk about that for a second because sure. – it's technically part of the the mythos in the universe, and it was ten, it was an episode. It was written and directed. And no, it was uh, part of everything. I thought it didn't add a whole lot to the story. No. I, I could see if you're waiting two years for Sherlock to come back, and you are just chomping at the bit for more Sherlock, that you would love this. You would just absolutely uh, be looking forward to this YouTube episode and watching it over and over again, looking for clues, looking for hints on what happened, because you know at this point Sherlock's not dead, but people are trying to figure out how he survived. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people that were trying to just figure this out, which influenced the actual season 
three opener. And what did you think of Lestrade just kind of going around, just kind of like, hey, we're getting the band back together for season three type thing? Yeah, it it was unique with him going through and saying like, oh, I think this was Sherlock sighting here and Sherlock sighting there. And it, it was cool seeing that and how he's still continuing his uh, crusade, if you will, that Sherlock was alive and he was around, even though nobody else believed it. Um, but it, like you said, there wasn't a lot of substance here. Um, the only thing I found of really any value here, and even to this wasn't much, uh, unless you were foaming at the mouth for the next episode of Sherlock, like you said, was Watson really was the only thing is like you can clearly see he's been through some stuff since the finale of uh, season two and it kind of just built you up getting ready for season three i mean the whole thing was what maybe seven and a half minutes long i think About so that. it yeah it, it was kind of just like you said it's a teaser it's an episode zero if you will as, it, as it's listed officially um but yeah it didn't really do much other than say like hey we still think sherlock's alive some of us and and watson's going through some stuff and that was about it though overall mm-hmm. what'd you think of the little uh the moments that were like those Sherlock moments were like, oh, it had to be him. He did this. You know, it was like <laughs> doing the thing with the Buddhists and then uh, being the guy in the hallway with the inspector. And then the, the video recording was kind of interesting. Yeah, the, the video recording was cool. The, the scenes of like, oh, this could have been Sherlock here. Uh, like you said, the first one with the monks, you know, as the guy said, like, really, it was a woman, a blonde woman in a Buddhist temple full of male bald monks. It's not doesn't take Sherlock to deduce that. So that that was kind of funny. It was kind of more just nods were like, yeah, it could have been Sherlock. But as we get into the main discussion, we know Sherlock's been busy doing other things. So it really I don't think any of them really was him per se. I don't think they've ever specified whether or not it was. But I think it was more of him just instead of tr- tracking Sherlock, he was trying to come up with things to make a story as if Sherlock was still there. So it was interesting. But the, the video thing with Watson, I think, was the the biggest nod and wink to the series, I think, overall. Mm-hmm. So overall, that little bit, do you think it adds, detracts, and doesn't do much for you? I think it pr- pretty much I don't think it did anything for me except – the end scene with Watson. It gave you more feeling into his traumatic end to uh, season two, you know, the emotions he was going through then. And then you see him and he's very somber throughout his entire scene uh, in, in this short snippet where he's just kind of, you could tell he's been dealing with the death in his mind since then. Uh, but then, you know, he watches the video and it's kind of Sherlock saying, why am I even doing this? And blah, blah, kind of putting him down. And then he tries to be nice at the end of it. And you could see Watson's clearly, bothered by this video and it's kind of digging up some emotions again so i think it helps portray what watson's been going through but i think overall as far as what sherlock's been doing and everybody else i don't think it really did anything except focus just on watson so speaking of watson and focusing on watson let's go into this episode discussion for season three episode one and it starts out with the kind of a retelling of the last scene of the last episode hey yeah (laughs) and as you're going through this you're kind of being told oh this is how it happened this is how sherlock survived but you know as it goes through you're kind of like wait a second that doesn't make sense or (laughs) yeah yeah but then you realize it's somebody conjecturing about oh this is how he did it this is how he's alive you know and you get that a couple other times for the episode which Mm -hmm. i like uh, what did you think of this explanation and to jump right in and the way they opened it, too? Yeah, it, it, it just jumps off right away. So I'm like, OK, they're kind of starting this episode off with a recap of the ending of last season. But like you said, it, it shows the the details of how it was done. 
and whole entire time I'm thinking this seems crazy even for this show. It seemed to be just too much over the top for even Sherlock to, to think of on the moment because as we know, he kind of thinks of all the different alternatives and plans that could happen in a moment's notice. If this was the plan from start, he would have had to have known the entire time, which is a little off. So I was just kind of watching it as in like, really, this is where they're going. This episode's going to be terrible. It kind of really left a bad taste in my mouth until you realize it was just them discussing it and not actually what happened. So yeah, it, was, it seemed a little crazy even for this show. Yeah. I I did like how um, they went through that and they just kind of like, oh, this could be plausible. But it was like when he bungee jumped back up and then it goes yeah. back in there and he kissed uh, the girl and just walked away. He's like, that's not, no, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny. Yeah, it was. What did you think of when he was found by his brother, quote unquote, uh, oh. in the terrorist interrogation? So that whole scene, the, the very beginning of it, once you see the choppers and you see the guy, the thermal imaging with the guy running through the woods, I was like, okay, well, clearly this is going to be Sherlock. So the big, uh, you know, reveal that it was him didn't really catch me off guard. But the funny thing was, is as we were watching this, so my wife watched this episode with me. Now, she's not a fan of Sherlock. I think she saw the first Robert Downey Jr. movie and seen none of the show, nothing. So it was interesting for her point, but she's watching the running through the woods and the way it was cut and edited. And she goes, what is this Blair, Witch? this doesn't make any sense. Like this is weird. So it was a little weird, but once they got to the scene where he was being tortured and everything like that. So that was funny how, you know, he hinted the guy, all oh, the coffin maker sleeping with your wife. If you go home now, you'll catch him. Once that had happened, I knew something was up and that obviously the other guy in the room was going to let him go. I didn't realize it was his brother at first, but it, it was interesting, and I think the best part was afterwards when he said, uh, you know, you let that go on for an awful long time. I think you enjoyed that too much. He's like, no, no, I had to keep my cover. So I, I think it was a unique way for him to be discovered, but it just, once again, it seems a little odd for the, the fitting of the show. Uh, maybe it's a different approach they're taking in season three, the way it's shot and cut, but it seems a little weird to be like Blair Witch Escorts running through the woods, first-person point of view for a bit, and then cut to Sherlock. But I think it was a clever way to dig him out and get him out of undercover, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was interesting, and I, when he was talking to the guy that was beating him up, he, he was just like whispering what yeah, was going yeah. on. I was like, that that's perfect. I love it. Um, and then you get when he tries to reintroduce himself to Watson uh, at yeah. the at the oh, yeah. at the diner, not the diner, the what do you call it? The restaurant. There we go. Restaurant. I can't think. Uh, he, you know, goes through this whole elaborate thing of getting the appropriate pieces to wear from the different places. And I was like, that was, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. that was and then he, he puts the mustache on his, <laughs> just like, yep, the marker. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he, he's like trying to reveal himself, but he's like, it's a, like a face from the past. Or something. Like I an old that friend. Was hilarious. I, oh, it was great. I, the way that he acted that and presented it, I thought it was great. It definitely was. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is he's a phenomenal actor, so it it, it played very well and, and it fit the character very well. Because once again, instead of it being about, well, how would Watson react, which we'll get to in a moment and how should I you know, meet with him again? It was all about Sherlock and him making his entrance because he's all about himself. So he wanted to make this grand entrance and be revealed. And he was getting upset when Watson wasn't realizing it was him. So it was a lot of fun. It was definitely, I think. For me, the second funniest scene in this whole episode. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing this episode particularly makes me want to watch a comedy or something like that with Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he'd be. Brilliant. Oh yeah, oh I think so too. Um, because in this episode, yeah, it's there's a lot of emotion and everything. But when he when he when he taps into that, you know, the humorous side, he does an excellent job in in delivering. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we get 
the scene where he reveals himself and and Martin Freeman, not to be not to discredit his acting at all, his acting is phenomenal as well alongside of Benedict. Uh, when when he realizes that he's alive, I mean, it's been two years and he's taking this information in and just the <laughs> way that, I mean, th- that was an emotional, believable, relatable, possibly performance that. Oh yeah. It was. It was. It was stellar. Yeah, it was. It, it, you kind of, I mean, you knew it was going to happen. You knew it wasn't going to be, he was just going to get up and hug him. So it, the way, you know, it tackles him to the ground, starts to choke him, it, it was very fitting mm-hmm. uh, and, for sure. So, yeah, but it, that, it was done well. Yeah. And it doesn't end there. Like, you, you start there and then oh, you go yeah. to another place. <laughs> and they're all like restaurants or you kind of progress down to like a casual diner and then you yeah. progress down to just like a deli. And it's the same thing that happens along the way. That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Punch him and then head him at the end. It was fantastic. Uh-huh. And then you see him reveal himself to Lestrade and to the uh, the lab assistant, which, I mean, is just kind of, you know, easier to, for them to take it, I guess. But Yeah, they weren't bothered. <laughs> yeah, but she was in on it, and he was, or Lestrade was firm believer that, you know, he was dead. You know, he's yeah. been gone for two years. And then he just welcomes him back with a hug. And I, I like that, that chemistry between those two guys because... Lestrade's always been kind of like the outlier. You know, he wasn't kind of in the circle in a way, but he, in the last episode, because of, you know, him being one of the people that he actually cared about, you kind of get that he's been elevated in this perception of Sherlock. And I love that because the interplay between those two, being the the chief inspector and being the, you know, the great detective, was really, in the first season, not really played up too much. In the second season, it was built up. And now in this one, I think we get this culmination of them actually becoming friends. And I, I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's more of a team atmosphere as opposed to him, you know, Sherlock kind of swooping in and, quote, unquote, solving the crimes he couldn't figure out on his own kind of deal. But, yeah, now it's, it seems like it's going to be more of a relationship, like he's part of the team, than the two separate pieces working together. Mm-hmm. But then you get Mrs. Hudson's reaction. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I love that. She's a great actress, too. I, I like how she brings that character to life. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, her, her reaction, too, to Watson when um, when Watson finally goes back and she's like, you know, one phone call. is like, I'm sorry. You know, that was good, too. So she's kind of – she's the maternal figure of the group, if you will. And it, it, it plays off very well, but she was great. Um, one thing before we go too, too far, because I, I forgot to mention this before, is – so when Sherlock finally came back and he said, you know, for the last two years, he's been working on taking Moriarty's, you know, criminal network uh, down for the last two years undercover. Why do you have to do it undercover? That part eluded me. I didn't quite understand why he had to do it for two years without anybody else knowing. Probably because if he was revealed as being Sherlock, um, Sherlock was supposed to be dead. Moriarty had contingency plans if Sherlock wasn't dead. So he'd have to go through and make sure that nobody knew it was him until he was, you know, ready for everybody to be safe, you know, because at the end of the last episode, you had assassins poised to take out all of them. That's right. That's right. So if there were people out there that realized that Sherlock wasn't dead and Sherlock hadn't dealt with them yet, then there'd be, he'd undo everything that he did before That's he true. was able to take out the cell completely. Gotcha. Fair enough. Because that was a question too. It was like, yeah, why would you have to do this? Why would why would there be this need to not tell anybody? But obviously, uh, thinking back to that, that's the reasoning I came up with. Yeah, especially too when when so many people were in on it, and that was part of Watson's grief too. Was like, oh, so and so knew about it, and so and so knew about it. Your parents knew about it, so yeah. that's why they weren't at the funeral. Like all the scenes there, it, it kind of built up to it. And it just kind of made me wonder. It's like, yeah, why didn't everybody just know that if that many people knew? But you're right. Mm-hmm. 
So I thought it was interesting that uh, they kept, you know, kind of going back to the Moriarty sequences and things like that, which brings back, you know, good, that was a good episode, good show, and just brings it all back in together. So the after he gets back and he gets established as being back, but before you know, everybody gets the text. They're they're doing this empty hearse meeting once more, yeah. and you know this girl's going through. She has a little mannequin like up there. Wait, don't know. Oh, yeah. He's just sitting there with <laughs> <Yeah>. Moriarty. <laughs> I was like, that's not how it happened. It's like, why not? And then everybody gets the the uh, text back, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Everybody's getting the mobile text because in the first episode that you meet Sherlock, and you're getting all these texts about Sherlock too. So it's a great right. callback to that. And then he goes on the 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 case to. Uh, to stop the, what do you call it, the London terrorist Underground attack. Terrorist Attack? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I thought that this this storyline was actually pretty interesting. You don't, until the very end, you, you see a guy that could be behind the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. Sherlock doesn't know who's behind it at the end of this episode. No. So it's, an, it's a lingering thing. He's like, I don't know, and I don't like not knowing. And it's, especially the part where Watson is captured and put in that Guy Fox fire. Oh yeah, yeah. That Ooh. was intense. Like, yeah. Good lord, that was. It, I was like, I knew he was going to be fine, but that was still intense. Right, especially with the countdown that you know he's getting the text. Me- well, the girlfriend's getting the text messages while he's on the bike, and he's trying to think of the fastest route because they're like, well, you got about ten minutes till he's dead, and then you know, as the the fire wouldn't start and the guy had to go get the gasoline, he's like, well, you got another two minutes. So I mean, this guy, whoever the the character is, it's. Uh, antagonizing Sherlock in this situation. Like, you don't know who he is, and Sherlock's just panicking to get there. But you're right. That was a very tense, action-packed moment for the show. Mm-hmm. And you had the little girl that was kind of like hearing the moaning or something like that. I was yeah. surprised <laughs> that only Sherlock and the fiancé, I can't remember her name. Was it Mary? I can't remember Yeah, the movie is Mary. Yeah. Yeah, Mary. Uh, were the people that were grabbing him out of the fire. Nobody else yeah. was trying to help? No, nobody right. had a fire extinguisher? It, well, well, yeah, I mean that too. But like, so they jump in. I gotta say right away, people being like, "What's going on here? These two people are digging through the fire." But once they heard the screams and stuff, you'd think somebody else would jump in, or Sherlock would be like, "Hey, there's a guy in here." You know, people jump in. But I guess it was a, uh, they were caught up in the moment. They didn't have to think about that. They just had to get Watson out. But yeah, it was a little odd that nobody else really reacted as they pull you know a live person out from underneath the fire. Mm-hmm. I think one person grabs a kid, but I mean, come on. I mean, wouldn't you be? wanting to help save somebody especially the dude that started the fire like you'd be like oh i gotta i gotta stop this somehow i gotta <laughs> yeah. help oh i not only burned i tried to burn this guy I threw gasoline on it right before too so yeah. mm-hmm. uh but it was it was interesting and it was fitting to use the the guy fox thing because you know mm-hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with like you know the the whole story about guy fox but november 5th is when he tried to blow up uh parliament yeah. and so they were kind of basing this around that Mm-hmm. And you had the guy Fox fire here, and then you had the bomb that was supposed to blow up the same time or the, the same, same day. day. Yep. And it was just it was it was a good use and a modernization of it. And they fake you out again with the the explosion of Parliament. Yeah. And then you're like, yep. oh, this, I gotta go find it, and here's what's gonna be. I'm like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I like these fake outs that much that you're doing right now, guys. Come on. Yeah, they did a lot, a lot in this episode between the, you know, how did Sherlock, you know, survive the jump, and then this. They, there were a lot of uh, misdirections they were trying to give you. Mm-hmm. And then he finally gets down to the train, and then they're trying to figure it out, and Sherlock's <laughs> playing coy that he couldn't fix. Oh yeah. Thing. So I saw that part coming from a mile away, but it was still, 
interesting to see Watson's reaction to it, even though at first he's like, you're joking, you're joking, you know, and he's like, no, I don't know how to stop the bomb. Mm-hmm. And then there's always a switch. He just didn't know how to turn off the lights. There's always a switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, the comedy that he could deliver is just, is excellent because he's, you know, emotional, able to deliver this. I don't know how to do this. And you are a great right. man through that type of monologue. And then a second later, just the, the laugh about it. Great episode. I got to say, this was, yeah, yeah, a it was a good fun. episode. My, my favorite part, too, we kind of skipped over it, was when um, Sherlock was back with Mrs. Hudson. She's like, well, you got to get back with Watson, you know, and you got to get together. And he's like, no, I, I've already tried that. And he, you know, he said no. And she's like, well, what did he say? And he goes to swear. But then it cuts to Watson in the doctor's office saying cough instead of F off. Oh. So like that scene where they kept cutting back and forth between what Sherlock would say right to Watson in the doctor's office. Like, I think that for me was the funniest part of the show when they did those those little mm-hmm. cuts there. Yeah, those are pretty good. And I like how at the end he goes to walk out to talk to the press, and he puts on the the hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. he goes out. I thought that was pretty well done too. Great yeah. episode overall. Um, mm-hmm. Have you were you able to catch up uh, to this point before watching jumping in? Uh, I did not watch season or series one as they're labeled, but I did see series two before doing this. I got to go back and not watch one. Okay, because I I gotta say that this is definitely among my my tops top three picks of. The Sherlock series thus far. It, it was my favorite episode that I've seen so far, so. Yeah. Really good. Excellent episode. Great storytelling. And it makes me want to watch the next one. And I'm hoping that the next one lives up to it because in the first series especially, the second episode was not so good. But it, it seems to be that the weaker one is going to be in the middle. In the second no. series, it wasn't so bad. But I can't remember for the life of me this, the second episode of this season that we're currently on. Mm. So I'm looking forward to go back to it. I mean, that's that's the great thing about this show is being or doing the podcast along is because we're able to go back and watch these episodes. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've seen them, even though it's not been that long. Maybe 2014, I think, is when this came out. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because it started 2010. So yeah, yeah, 2014. So looking forward to discussing that next week. Uh, Kevin, any final thoughts on this episode for The Empty Hearse? Uh, so a couple nitpicky things here, and, and some of this is commentary from my wife as well, but I can't say I disagree. So we know that this Sherlock is, is a modernized Sherlock. We have Watson's blog, which makes complete sense. You have all the text messaging and the smartphones. Once again, makes complete sense. But why are the homes inside still look like they're you know 1800s? I don't quite understand that. Like, why is it still like the the ornate wallpapering and, and stuff like that? That seems a little off for me in this show. And I, I know it's been the theme throughout the beginning. But, uh, you know, just listening over the past couple weeks and as, as you started this journey here, those are things that kind of jumped out at me to be a little bit jarring. But the number one thing, and this was, this was probably the funniest comment my wife had to say was, it's a bunch of unattractive people in unattractive surroundings and it just makes for an unattractive show for her so while i enjoyed the show she was just like there's literally in her mind not one good looking person in the show male or female and then i I sat there and looked back and i'm like you know what you're right because probably you know not to be too weird probably the arguably the best looking person on the show is benedict cumberpatch and certain angles he looks very alien-esque he's a very odd looking guy sometimes but yeah so it just seems kind of weird that the show even though it's modernized and everything like that, it still seems to be dated, which, you know, is the callback to Sherlock. And it makes sense, you know, symbolically. But, yeah, it just seems a very 
weird and kind of pulls you out just a little bit that it seems a little bit odd there and everything's so ornate and everything but overall i think it's a great series i'm going to go back watch series uh, season one again uh, and then i'm going to follow along with the new episodes as you do them as well to to get back in, into the swing of things with sherlock but overall i mean if you're listening to the show now and you haven't watched Sherlock or you're watching as we go along on this journey here, I encourage you to. It's a great show. It doesn't take a terrible amount of time. Every episode feels like a movie. Um, and like you said, yeah, the second episodes historically are a little bit weaker, but you got to imagine in the scope of something that's three or four episodes a season, the middle is where they're going to build the groundwork. So you have the beginning to pull you back in, the ending's going to you know, solve the have the climax, but in between is going to be more story building than anything else. And I think it's going to kind of just be the nature of the beast here with uh, season three. Mm-hmm. So you, if you, if your wife thinks that it's all unattractive people, you should have her watch a scandal in Belgrado with you. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's uh, I think series two, episode one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. So it is, it's a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, if you, yeah. if you enjoy uh, the British type of, uh, what do you call it? Storytelling methods, where it's like an hour and a half long. It's kind of like a movie each time. It's it's a great mm-hmm. show. I, if you have Netflix, it's on there, easy to watch. So, yeah. I mean, my final thoughts for this week is this was another good series starter for season mm-hmm. three, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. And I I want to know what happens next because I can't remember. <laughs> and I haven't even watched it, so I'll I'll be right along there with you. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. But before we go, Kevin, where can people reach you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PSVG Kevin. And of course, you know, I want to remind you again, check out playsomevideogames.com and our, our podcast as well for all your uh, video game needs. And, you know, if you're thinking, hey, this weekly that's entertaining just isn't enough Nathan for me, uh, he's regularly on there as well. So follow him as well. Lol. Uh,. You can find the show on Twitter <laughs> at EntertainingPod. You can find me on Twitter at Voiced by Nathan. And I did want to make another mention, ladies and gentlemen. In October, we are just around the corner. I'm going to be making my, I, I, I don't know, big push for donations for Extra Life. And I would like to implore you to go to extra-life.org slash participant slash nt let me re-say that because i probably messed up the word participant <laughs> extra dash life dot org slash participant slash nt and you can find my extra life page there you can check out what i'm doing raising money for sick kids and if you would feel so inclined i would love to accept a donation to give to the children's hospital on your behalf as well if you could spread the word that would be immensely appreciated Again, that's Extra Life this year. My my day is going to be November 4th. Uh, the actual day is the 5th of November, which is kind of appropriate with this episode. Remember, remember the 5th of November? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but it is Guy Fox Day, so this is appropriate. It's, it's, it's a sign, people. If you're listening to this episode, you need to donate $115. Wait, no, $105. Or, or Nathan will blow up Parliament. <laughs> I won't go that far, but you never know. Oh, okay. Um, but it is uh, November 4th this year is when I'm doing my stream and I'll be actually was talking to my buddy the other day that was or that is going to be helping out with it so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what comes this year because usually I'm just you know kind of doing it on my own this year I kind of got a partner in crime so hopefully it goes well 
and I'm going to do it in a different location. So that also kind of adds complexities to the things. <laughs> but before the stream, I like to usually raise the money that we can just kind of focus on the stream at that point, just kind of have fun and not worry about trying to raise money during the stream. Uh, so that's how things usually go. So ladies and gentlemen, please, if you are interested in helping out uh, or donating, go to extra-life.org slash participant slash NT. That'll do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained. <laughs>